What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Hollywood Already Did It presents Loki Through the Years, a Marvel pair-up series where we take every episode of Loki as it comes out and pair it up with a time travel movie to discuss the themes and how the genre has progressed, as well as how the show is taking from other aspects of the genre. As always, I'm your host, Blake Schultz, and with me today is Jamie Girard. Hello. And Terrence Tatum. Hello, everyone. And we are talking about the penultimate episode of Loki, the second to last, what I think is the best one of the series, as well as the movie Looper from 2012. A fun romp through time. I think that's the only way to describe that movie. I don't know if fun's the right... It's a, it's a it's joyous, a, it's a, nothing bad happens to anyone. <laughs> a uh, bright, optimistic outlook of the future, just like this episode, which was just filled with good times and no sad <laughs> moments at all. What did you guys think of the episode, Jamie? Oh, so good. I mean, all the Lokis. Are you kidding me? Um, uh, Richard E. Grant as classic Loki. Uh, quick brag, I'm interviewing him tomorrow and I can't freaking wait. I'm just nice. such a fan of his and uh, and seeing him like he nailed it and all the other, the like Loki brawl is the hardest I've laughed in a very long time. <laughs> um, my only complaint is this episode had some CGI that was rough for me. They're like just certain CGI stuff I can't stand and i like i love alligator loki but it's like he's not real though i, I wish he was a puppet you know like baby yoda but uh but ultimately i was a big big fan a lot of good emotional moments too that uh that i really loved yeah no uh it is not my favorite i think the last episode was my favorite but this is, is this is a a steady Steady dose of what I, I like to see. I think some of my favorite parts, obviously the Loki bro. I mean, obviously you get a room of a bunch of Lokis in a room. Of course they're going to turn on each other. That's just the way that that's going to go. So it played just like I thought it would. Um, I was pausing a lot because there were literally Easter egg getting thrown at my face every five seconds. I was like, I, wait, the Thanos copter is here? What is happening right now? I, I was really having a ball with that. But I think my favorite part of the entire episode is seeing Loki and Sylvie be super awkward teenage kids with them putting with him putting a blanket on himself and then like you want to you want some blank you want some of this uh and neither of them like i don't know how to do this because i've never really been around i was like oh this is this is adorable this is this is super cute and that was the sweet spot of the the, the whole episode for me i do get it the cloud the cloud monster just overall uh althea it just looks it looked weird but that's i think this is the way that that character is designed and so after a while you're like oh this is a lot of cg that just looks I don't know if the budget for television is as strong as this needs to be per episode for you to get what that's supposed to actually look like. I don't but know that the I budgets are going to get much higher than the Disney Plus shows for TV. Correct. Um, I think, well, I think those Lord of the Rings ones are pretty high for, per episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, this I think might have been my favorite. <clears throat> it was the most Rick and Morty-esque episode. I know that writer's been running around and this whole time. I've been waiting for a very Rick and Morty-y episode. And this was definitely that with a lot of bits, a lot of different Lokis running around. We've talked about the battle. Easter eggs galore, not just from the Marvel Universe, some that we'll talk to more. There's a Polybius arcade cabinet in this episode. It made my heart sing. What a fun treat to have. Ecto coolers. We see all these different variations. I just wish we had seen even more. 
it was definitely one of those episodes that kept me being like, well, there's got, I want to see like weirder and weirder Lokis. Like there's this alligator one. So there has to be more, which yeah. I think is the beauty of what the MCU does is every now and then they just leave me being like, well, we could do a whole show of kid Loki killing Thor. I could watch, I could watch boastful Loki with this hammer for a day. I, I want to see the entire electoral process of deciding which Loki should be ruling them. There's so much here. We talked about the Thanos copter. There's the yellow jacket is a giant helmet. We have helicarriers. We have a, a very real, USS carrier ship that did mysteriously vanish in our own history show up there. That was great. Uh, I know there's coordinates to a certain island that in the real world is claimed to have Indiana Jones type mystery and artifacts there. So it's interesting to see them pulled not just from the MCU. The Polybius cart is probably my favorite one. If for the, do you guys know that story at all of what that is? I do not. Great. So in the <laughs> 1980s, there was a, a, I guess, urban legend that there was an arcade game called Polybius that had been placed in very specific arcade rooms, 7-Elevens, convenience stores throughout the country. And that this game was giving people seizures, epilepsies, all types of weird reactions. People would play it and go mad or get depressed. And they claimed that at all of these arcade cabinet stations, men in black would show up, take data from it, figure out who had the highest score in the game, and leave. And then one day, showed up, took the arcade cabinets, and left. And the urban legend is that this is all part of some government conspiracy to track who would be good fighter pilots, good soldiers. A lot of people think it's a, well, this is how we're going to fight the aliens. For people who have read uh, Ready Player One and Ready Player Two, they talk about that game in it and these men in black showing up being kind of the catalyst of who's being chosen to go fight against this invasion that's coming. It has showed up at episodes of the Goldbergs and other pieces of pop culture. They made it for real on the PC just to kind of joke around, I think in the 2000s, as well as on the PlayStation 4 in 2017. But it's a staple of like gaming urban legend and what is it? And seeing it back there was a very fun, just like, oh, it's here. It's someone really had it. The men in black were coming and the TVA said no. That's uh, really cool. I love that. That's one I that those are the things in the episode that I liked the most because the Thanos copter was amazing and we've been waiting for it forever. Yes. But Thor Frog was great. Apparently, that's actually Chris Hemsworth screaming. But no, everything <laughs> else in the episode, the action was so on point. The CGI monster was a little the CGI monstery, but these emotional beats of them getting closer and closer romantically and having the very stereotypical John Hughesian moment of like, well, it, it was just a moment. It was a nice moment, but it was just a moment. Right. And that's all it was. You've got Owen Wilson showing up in this almost Ghostbusters-esque car, coming around to everything. His whole agency now to turn down the TVA and destroy them from the inside is fantastic. I love having this, this company person now who doesn't care who she's serving. She just has to keep serving it. We're getting 
deeper and deeper and it's just got to be kang right it has to be chronopolis that we saw yeah that was I mean, that's, the castle. that has to be where we're going it would be surprising if not i mean they fooled us before but i mean like, <laughs> right. but unlike wandavision where it's like we expected a reveal this is actually like promising a reveal like yeah like this is literally pointing to like all robes lead to this whatever we're going to reveal in this next episode and even if it's not kang like it's going to be something right like, you know it's it's so I'm excited to see what it's going to be. I think that was, I think this, that's why this episode wasn't as high as the last episode for me, because this episode, as much as they throw at us, as, as great as it is to see all these Easter eggs, it doesn't really move the actual plot story part very, very far. It's basically in the same spot as it was before at the very beginning of the episode, at the end of the episode, they're still trying to get from one point to another to figure out how to get out of there. And none, none of that's really changed and so that's why i'm like ah this is a, a great episode i just wish with one episode only being remaining i wish we've gotten to a couple of those points i think this further. one was a lot more about character development Correct. than it was about moving I'm it because about that. <clears throat> like the one thing we haven't really talked about is richard e grant's classic loki and what is now one of the top 10 mcu moments of of the idea of glorious purpose, which is gonna become a bigger piece when we get to Looper and everything else. But it's interesting now, I'm gonna use Doctor Who again. In Day of the Doctor, we have all of these different doctors at different points in their lives. One of them has destroyed the world they're from. One of them has spent their entire lifetime regretting it. And the other one has spent their time forgetting it. And we see how these characters change based on that trajectory and having Richard E. Grant is this older Loki who was in isolation, who wanted to know if his brother missed him and figuring out what his glorious purpose was, I think showed us what the trajectory of all of these Lokis are, is, are, it's their age, their, their trajectory is. Right. Uh, so I think now we're kind of seeing like this presidential Loki's glorious purpose, he thinks is ruling this mystery land. Child Loki thought it was killing Thor. We know that our Loki believed it was ruling whatever he could rule, showing the illusion of freedom. And Sylvie's is just simply figuring out why she was erased. And I think this episode and Richard E. Grant specifically served us to be like, this is the end of a Loki arc. They're going to figure out what their purpose is, fulfill it and die. Mm -hmm. And I think it's almost kind of implying like Tom Hiddleston's story is about to be over. He's going to figure out what he yeah, has to I, do and it's going to be over. I can, I can, I think, I mean, we sort of stated that we've been playing with one of those two Lokis is either he or Sylvie is gone. It makes more sense for arc wise that it is Hiddleston. That is the one that is gone. Um, but as we've discussed, we are pretty sure we're getting a season two. So right. I don't think he's. But done. I mean, I think they can easily because she is technically a Loki. It could be her show, they could, but, yeah, it could switch to her. But show. Jamie, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. <laughs> we might be done with one Loki. Yeah. Season two could just be child Loki. Which I'm down for, especially since it all points to the Young Avengers. So like I, that mm -hmm. does make sense. That's you got me there. I just am not ready to say goodbye to Tom. <laughs> I mean, I get. I think it's, it's time to get ready to say goodbye to anybody introduced in phase one. I think we're wrapping all of these yeah, think, characters out. 
out with yeah, the we're old. Yeah, we're saying a hard goodbye to all the phase one. In with the new. Speaking Except of being for Chris, out. Except Chris, for Hemsworth. Hemsworth is sticking around I, I think Thor 4 is going to be his, his swan song. I think so, too. But you know, it's a comic book. We'll see. They'll all come back anyways. <laughs> Give Nothing us matters. Like, yeah, RDJ is, is Old man the Stark. grave in 10 years. Something. Put it in my veins. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I thought it was fantastic. I thought we did a lot of very strong work, a lot of very strong motivations. Speaking of strong work and strong motivations, this brings us to Looper, Ryan Johnson's feature film from 2012, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis in a movie about time travel and specifically killing yourself where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing a character who is an assassin who, is that my thing beeping? I don't, think I don't hear it I'm getting feedback. Head. Okay, maybe it's my headphones even, who knows? Anyways, Looper, it's a 2012 movie where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is an assassin. People get sent back in time. He shoots them in the head, he collects silver. The loop is closed when the future version of himself is sent back with gold denoting that the loop is closed. However, we find out that one of his friends has kept his, where we learn about the Rainmaker. And when Joseph Gordon-Levitt's future self, who is Bruce Willis, shows up, he just, they get away and they go on a quest to stop the Rainmaker who is supposedly closing all of the loops early to end the Looper program. And we go from there. A story about finding yourself, trying to change the future. A lot of very normal time travely things. If I do this, everything's fine. If I do that, everything's fine. And not unlike Richard E. Grant learning that maybe his purpose is to sacrifice himself so that somebody else can have another chance at redemption. What do we all think of Looper? <laughs> uh, I love Looper. Uh... Um, I, this is when I fell in love with, with Ryan Johnson. Like I know Brick existed and I watched it. And I was like, oh, this is cool. But it's super small and independent. And this one, while it is a big sci-fi thriller and, it, and that's what it is, it is still very intimate and small um, in, in, in scope and scale. Like the, the concept is large, but the actual payoff and how they, they, they do everything is super, super small. And I, I, I remember, I went to the to see this. I loved it. Um, I think... It is always interesting when you can play with what you think you should become or what you think you are becoming and then you are able to see what you became and you're like, oh, oh, hell, none of what I thought I was doing or what I was achieving actually paid off or, or even mattered, which is sometimes it's even, that's the biggest thing I was like, oh, what I thought I was about, what I thought I was doing has no bearing on what I actually became. That is frightening to know that uh, <laughs> what I was, what I was, even some something as small as I was learning French, but now I, I chose to do Mandarin. I'm like, well, hold on, I said I'm doing French. How did how did I I'm get from into, the what future, happened to my kid? Life? Go to Tokyo, <laughs> right? It's like something like that affects any any small thing that happens in your life affects whatever trajectory you're going, and that's always been fascinating to me. And that's what this movie really, of all other things, that's what this movie hits home to me is like. You may think you're on one path and then something, even just a, like the sentence of just go, you should go to Tokyo instead of, right? It just changes your like, oh, now it's a seed in the back of your head that whatever you do as you go along in life could have altered where you, where you were going. That's fascinating to me. 
I love Looper. I'm just such a big Ryan Johnson fan. It's not quite as like mind blowing as it was seeing it in theaters 10 years ago, um, which I'll never forget. Can you believe I saw it in theaters and I went to the bathroom the moment that Bruce Willis like Rambo's everybody. <laughs> uh, like I came back and my friend was like, well, you picked the wrong time to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and every time I watch it now, I'm like, oh, I can't believe I didn't see this. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I just, I, I think that movie's so good. And I really like that the first half is very much like uh, this time travel thriller, but the second half is very much like a, an emotional kind of character study. It's like two movies in one. And I really appreciate that. And what I, the moment when like um, they're cutting up Paul Dano and like you see the older him is just, that is one of my favorite time travel things in moments it is scary like you just see body parts and his nose fall like it's gone you're like oh my god and like you're falling apart but it's like like it doesn't hurt it's Mm -hmm. just like shocking and like his like oh his nose is gone and then all of a sudden like he gets the door and he he, he's nothing but like a torso oh that's good um and yeah uh and the kid is really good in this movie like a perfect blend of sometimes he's terrifying and sometimes he's adorable which is really hard line that was like really good casting well what's that kid doing (laughs) look that up i don't know i'm gonna google it while you guys keep talking (laughs) no i completely agree with everything you said the movie has some great body horror that you never see it blends all of these genres together it stays intimate but keeps its focus Watching Joseph Gordon-Levitt do his Bruce Willis impression is great. This is one of the last times that I felt like Bruce Willis cared about when he was on camera. Now it just kind of, you know, he just stands in a room and you get him for 20 minutes and a couple million and then he goes about his day. Uh, I love kind of the ending realization of the path that we are on is what's going to start the thing that we're trying to prevent. So we have to end it entirely. And the only way for me to do that is to close my loop, which is, you know, it gets a little very timey-wimey where you're like, okay, but if he had sent back Bruce Willis, if he had just shot him, the movie wouldn't have needed to happen. But Bruce Willis only escaped because all the loops were getting closed, but the loops getting closed are like part of what you signed up for. Right. You knew that that was happening when you took the job. But you know, I'm a I'm a sucker for any weird time travel stuff. I love them at the cabinet of just I'm not gonna explain time travel to you, kid. We'll be sitting here with matchsticks for hours. Bruce Willis's whole just like angry future, I have a purpose to do. But yeah, the, the address carving in the arm, the missing body parts, that's the stuff that made the movie stick with you for almost 10 years. It's it's insane. It almost makes the ending anticlimactic because it just sort of stops. It is a movie where the main character dies and then we just walk away into the wind. But it's almost an inverted Terminator thematically where that movie is very much about like fate and we can control it and there is no fate and I can do this. And this movie is like sort of, but also like it's just going to keep changing and happening. Yeah, we no matter have- how you do it, it's going to go down. Yeah which I don't know that they really resolve if he becomes the Rainmaker anyways. I don't remember some like highway scene like T2 where we're like, and in the future, John's still fighting. But I don't think we do that. You know, it's very Deadpool 2. We got to kill this kid so Cable's parents don't, or Cable's family doesn't get killed. 
Yeah. But we don't have Ryan Reynolds. So what are we really doing here? <laughs> Very um, similar plot. The, the Looper kid uh, went on, he was in Twin Peaks The Return. He was the kid in that. It was like, I think it was Naomi Watts and uh, the like dopey Kyle MacLachlan, like the son from that. Um, so that was fun to learn. Nice. Information. And apparently he's stuck around with Ryan Johnson because he's in Knives Out as the, 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 the trooper, which is, yeah. which is fun. Like that kid is still hanging out with Ryan Johnson. All I think time. he's the broom boy in The Last Jedi, isn't he? He's <laughs> not. He's not. Yeah, he's too old for that one. Well, not if you have time travel in your pocket. You know, Ryan Johnson really went back in time and did all of these things. That was the only version of Last Jedi that works, I assure you. But that brings us to why we're choosing this movie for this episode of Loki. And I think the main thing that we're seeing is, one, these this character realizing an arc simply by meeting himself. We see Richard E. Grant's story really come full circle when he realizes what Sylvie and our Loki are trying to do. I need some Earth denotions. I need to start saying Earth 616 Loki and Earth... 1608 Loki and no you have to keep calling him by whatever like kid Loki or classic Loki or a bombastic Loki I think it's boastful 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 Loki yeah which felt like a reach it's like we we don't want people calling him black Loki (laughs) like you know that was the conversation (laughs) they really push boastful they sitting there was like uh black oh he was boastful though what's another yeah, I killed that, Cap. I killed Tony. Small. I took all the Infinity Stones. That guy was oh, high on his own supply. Like, my mom's calling Richard E. Grant old Loki, so you know, uh, I. That's yeah. what subtitles are for. <laughs> but I think it's very interesting that kind of the central idea of this show was like you're only going to know your purpose when you see yourself and your own potential and then it'll click with what you have to do unfortunately a lot of us when we're you know trying to figure out our career don't get to sit down with a guidance counselor who's us it's a person whose job it is is to keep the system going and just wants us to sit down in a room behind a desk as is my understanding of i have i know guidance counselors i'm not shaming anybody I'm just saying it would be helpful if I was sitting down with myself and he was like, look, you think you want to make games, but they, they, yeah. they treat them so badly. That industry is going to become rampant with crunch time and overworking and no pay. Mm, no, no, no. Yeah, there's no better way to guide your life or get guidance in your life than the older version of yourself to be like, hey, let me tell you. I think an interesting thing about Looper is that, like, you're never siding with Bruce Willis. No, you're you never. I don't. I personally like. I'm never like he. He knows better. He's the older version. But uh, but it's but that's not really what's happening here. And I think that's interesting. It's usually you're like, listen to the old person. They know. But in this case, it's like, don't listen to him. Right. I think the audience, and this is just the way that humans work, are always hopeful so even if you got the curmudgeon old man saying like this 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 and this are all going to go wrong you're still like but at least let's try it let's see what well, happens you, if we go down that you way. get into the end of back to the future when doc brown shows up and it's like well of course the letter is blank you can do whatever you want so it's like why why would we listen to this crotchety old man whose whole his only existence in this timeline is to die he has been sent back in time to be shot in the head <laughs> that's it 
This but, isn't some T2 save the future bullshit. He has been sent back in time in a specific location at a specific place so that his younger self can get rich and kill him. Yeah. That's it. We could be using this technology to do thousands of other things, but we're just using it to clear out assassins that we have. <laughs> so I think you're right, Jamie. I think that the real difference is that Looper's older character mainly exists to inform Joseph Gordon-Levitt that maybe what he's doing isn't the best and that it's not too late to change. But I think the tragedy of the movie is that we never get to see that attempt or that change. So we as the audience almost have to accept that he would have become this unfortunate character had he not made this sacrifice play to maybe avoid a serial killer getting created. Which is yeah. sort of like going back in time to kill yourself so that you don't kill the you know Bruce Wayne's parents. <laughs> Which is what Teen Titans Go to the Movies does. And we does. see that in real time. But it, it's interesting because then the you know alternative younger self informs Richard E. Grant of not because he's also like you like Richard E. Grant because he's charming, but that old Loki is the one that's like, as soon as we decide to do something good for ourselves, the TVA shows up. We're all gonna end up here. Nothing matters. We exist to get killed by Thanos, and if we don't do that, we get sent back to the end of time where there's nothing. And through the course of that 40-minute episode he has this redemption arc and knows to like stand up and make this awesome Asgard illusion to hopefully give all these other Lokis a better shot, or at least our Loki and Sylvie. It is also interesting that the only, well, there's only one Sylvie so far. We haven't seen any other variants of her. Yeah, I do wonder if that's going to get brought up why there's only one female Loki or maybe, one ver even version of her because that maybe it's not Kang and it's going to be an evil Sylvie at the end and that's going to set up Kang and she's like I had to get rid of all of them I love that that would be wild I'd love that oh man did you see that uh, yesterday Marvel Canada I think it was a mistake but they tweeted like meet the Lokis and one of the pictures was of Hunter B-15 I was like, is she secretly Loki? And they screwed that up and spoiled it. I think they were probably just messed up. Messing up, yeah. My, my roommate has a has a theory that the entire TVA is Loki's. Mm -hmm. That like it's going to, that like, Owen Wilson is one and everybody, that this is all going to be some like weird Rick and Morty nonsense. It's called Loki. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But I, I think it's interesting that that's where we get because we don't really see any of the other Lokis have that same turnaround. Like child Loki runs off to, you know, assemble a team of children to fight evil. Correct. He, he has somewhere he has to go. <laughs> I don't know where Crocodile Loki is, but I want a whole episode of What If in his universe. I do too. Are I they all animals? Are. Right. Is are just they a bunch all of... alligators? And only because it's weird too that like he's talking or saying stuff and classic Loki can understand him, but no one else really can. Or it's it was weird. I was like, I don't know the dynamics of how it's like Chewbacca. He's just yeah. been him long enough. Correct. I also need this uh frog Thor versus Loki scene that we have shot. Yeah. A Throg would be Throg would be great to see uh in, in person. I need that immediately. 
Yeah. At first, I thought it was a shrunk down like Ant Man who was worthy in the jar, and I had to like kind of gotcha. go back and pay attention. I was like, oh, it's the frog, because we saw the big <laughs> yellow jacket helmet. So part of me was like, is that an Ant Man in there that can wield Mjolnir? Because that would be awesome. Yeah. But you know, that, it, this was the kind of nonsense I've been wanting from this show. I want to get things pulled from everywhere because when just, we started this journey. We thought every episode was going to be like heist Loki in the 60s and 70s and more of this. Because was it the first like image they showed of the show, like him in some other time that we still haven't seen yet? Or was that part of him jumping out the... the... D.B. Cooper was really early. The D.B. Okay, Cooper Okay, that's look. what it was. Yeah. Um, and also we saw, I think it's so funny that one of the first things we saw was President Loki. Like we assumed that was just Loki and then he's there for two minutes and then he gets his hand bit <laughs> <Yeah>. off. That's <laughs> the end of it. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. They love <laughs> taking that guy's hand off. <laughs> Back to some phase two. Everyone loses an arm in every movie. I'm here for it. Yeah. But it's a great show. It was a lot uh, of fun. It was a lot of fun. I'm excited to see whatever the hell we're about to do for this last this last piece. Well, um, we're going to do Terminator because yeah. there's been nowhere else to put it. That's, <laughs> yes. th yeah, that's true. And I think I'm going to have to watch Southland Tales just to just since you it's up every week i think my goal for this week because i don't really have to watch terminator but uh, recite, yeah uh, but i might watch scotland tales finally see what all the the the, the hype it's the anti-hype is about no one, no one likes I, it but me you know what's funny on letterbox i've never seen a movie so spread out between the half star and the five like it had an even of every single ranking <laughs> and that's really rare in letterbox so like I have a feeling I'm gonna really like it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a weird it's a weird ride. Well, guys, I think that's the show. Thank you so much for watching and listening. You should, of course, leave us a review on iTunes and let us know what you thought of the episode on the YouTube comments. You can follow the show at Hollywood ADI on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me at, as always, Blake Jamie at Jamie Cinematics and Terrence at Terrence Tatum. We have a lot of other shows on the Hollywood Already Did It channel. There is our main podcast about reboots, remakes, sequels, and adaptations. There's You Can't Do That Anymore about movies that you can't make or shouldn't make, or we may look differently now through the lens of not the 90s and 80s and thousands, or the aughts, as I like to call them. And of course, I do How Do You Figure about action figure collecting, and Jamie is busy at comicbook.com often appearing on phase zero and terrence has all of our trailer reactions and other movie reviews on the hollywood already did it youtube channel and we will see everybody next week later bye <laughs>